welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. New Era swapped things up as the swap is back, baby. So how did it shake up the game? Well, with another quip. It's time to talk all things Survivor 45, Pelican Pete's Private Island. And joining me is one half of a duo who is death do them part, so no swaps allowed. It's Dan. How are you? Good. How are you? I love that introduction. Thank you. I'm a writer. Y'all vote for me love for it. best writer for the Glam Awards and best oh, podcast. Um, wow. Four episodes in, 50% of the people have quit. What? Yeah, that that's not the, the vibe that I think Jeff had with this whole new era. Also, he, well, and I, I'm sure you'll get to this, but like this being the first swap of the new era and the turnout that we've had this episode is just lackluster. Listen, all I'm going to say is... Jeffrey did this to himself. Well, he and our production did, because I'm sure that he mm-hmm. and production are kind of working cooperatively to figure out what we can do that, that we're not doing. And sometimes it's like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. There like you old go. school Survivor was great. There you go. All right, let's go. Let's go through this. The Lulu losers are back, and Sean will give the other two credit for their play. Emily says they took no pleasure and went transpired, and he says the plan did not go as he thought it would, and is now just dumbfounded. Now Caleb will tell Emily that he loves her and that they'll chat later, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that, but like maybe in like Bront right now with the 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 lone kid just sitting there being like, well. I'm unblindsided. I'm blindsided by, by the blindsided. Now I'm at the bottom. And I guess we just had no context clues like for the ultimate result um, that will happen this episode. I mean, maybe this is when it really started in his mind that maybe he was not cut out for this journey. It did kind of come out of nowhere. So it it could be. he tells them that he has, has mad respect for the game, the blindside. But wishes he was in on it. And Caleb's like, maybe not tonight. I was like, Caleb, come on. Like, cut the kid slack. You really destroyed his game. Now, Emily is the first person Caleb could trust as Sean and Sabaya were targeting uh, him, uh, her. So when the time targeting Caleb, so when the opportunity came after it popped up, she chose not to go with them. She says, it was an awesome considering how much work has been put into going to Emily the last seven days, and he's happy with the result. Now, Sean is cowering with his tail between his legs, discussing how Sabaya was controlling him the entire time. Do you believe Sean is being honest there or is playing the next stage of the game? Um, I, well, I would say he was playing the next stage of the game, but I don't necessarily believe that now. Um. Could both be true? Was Sabaya really controlling him? Um, she did have a, a seemingly a level of control over not the majority because I don't know that the like Emily was clearly on the outs. I don't know about Caleb's 
dynamic with her. I, I would I would say she at least had control over Sean. Yeah. Now, every day is a new day in the game, and Sean is hoping the other two are moving forward. Emily believes that Sean has a persona that is so friendly and gregarious and puts on this face and brightens up his voice and completely changes. She calls him a chameleon that's changing his spots and says that the fact that he's 180 his emotions and tried to get back on good terms with her feels like he wasn't being genuine. Do you think that is part of how to be social or do you think Emily finds this to be a tact that she might not have trust in the game already with him? Wait, repeat that. Is this part of the game of how to be social on Sean's part, or do you just think Emily does not have any trust with him, so she finds it to be attacked on Sean's part? Um, like you said before, I think it could be both. I feel like, um, I don't know, Emily isn't really in a good position to be a judge of character on what's going on there. Right? That's my problem with what she says. It's like not everything can be gameplay. Everything there are some raw emotions, and like she'll show it later. But like, come on, give the kid some slack. You just fucking blindsided him. Uh-huh. We will watch Sean try to damage control. He's not doing a great job, honestly. I think he was still bewildered by the move, so he was really trying to throw everything against the wall. So Sean is praying for a pre-merge swap so he can make some connections over on the other side. Is it is his only chance to save himself? Be careful what you wish for, gay. Mm. Alright, the tribes are making their way to the beach where Hostmaster Jeff is waiting for them. Bello and Reba are about to see the new Lulu tribe and Sabaya voted out. There were some shocked faces for sure, but what shocked me was just how sweaty Emily was. Um, That yellow shirt she wears, <laughs> it shows everything. They pick what they're going to wear. I mean, obviously, it's got to be their tribe color, but they chose that for her. So whatever sort of vision they had for her, it's fitting into it. Jeff will say that this was the biggest reaction he's seen from a vote. I'm like, okay, sure, Jeff, let's go with that. Um, He will ask Katora about it first, and she says they obviously don't know what's happening on their tribe, but it was a shock as Sabaya was strong and a voice of reason for the tribe. Okay. Now for D, she will say the tribal council must have been wild to watch, but makes it her, makes her think that there was some idle player or blindside that she did not expect. Now Drew will say that the game is starting to take shape as Sabaya was one of their strongest players, so this is a signal that the game has begun in their tribes. Now if you are our team Lulu, the Lulu losers, and you're hearing that this is what your the perception is, how does that make you feel knowing about what's about to come i can't imagine it makes you feel good but i would compare it to when you're doing badly in a challenge and jeff is literally right there narrating how badly you're doing as if you're not already aware of it so it's just salt in the wound and kind of layering Mm -hmm. on like okay well no shit we were just a tribal and it was wild i'm glad i made it through um but yeah it's it's uh salt in the wound i guess is the best way to put it now, Jeffrey's going to set up Miss Emily for a grand slam when he says that she must have some perverse enjoyment of the fact that they have no idea what is going on. She says she does take some perverse enjoyment in the fact that everybody's kind of wondering what the dynamics are. But truth be told, nobody wants to be in a situation where the tribe is literally cut in half as it's not fun. Just you wait. Now, Brandon was asked where they are in the game as they are thinking it could be some sort of mix up in the tribe. Now, was this a setup? I mean, Jeff is like, I oddly have a tray full of buffs. Do you think they knew? What, that they were going into a swap? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're at a point where even this new 
era. People have seen twists in previous seasons and know the new pacing. So I would imagine they have, if not all of them, some of them have a sense of like, this might be approaching. Well, drop your buffs. They are switching tribes. For the first time in the new era, it's time for a switcheroo. And it's Jeff's perverse enjoyment this time around. Let's see what the Survivor Gods have in store for us today. On new Reba, we have from OG Reba, Sifu, D, J, Julie, and from Lulu, it's Sean. So Jeff's going to ask Sean how they were three Lulu and they all seem to go in different tribes. Well, his mind is blown and we'll say that the new that they knew the other four, um, the other four knew each other well and is excited to get to know them and see this new world of red. On new Lulu, we have OG Lulu, Caleb, and from Bella, we have Jake, Bruce, Katora, and Kelly. And Caleb is going back home with a brand new family and is excited like he's the golden retriever who goes to the dog park and gets to hang out with all the new dogs and make friends. He is excited to get to know them and has good energy, but has to go to the Lulu Lounge, which is basically his tribal council. And on new Bella, we have OG Bella, Brandon, and Kendra with Reba's Austin and Drew and Lulu's Emily. Austin says the key to surviving this part is to work as a team through team unity and try to make it through the challenge to stay intact and move forward to the next step. All right. There's no new, no challenges. They're going to go make some new relationships. And Kelly's going to get a confessional about how the tribe swap separates a good from a great player. Do you agree with that? And do you think having her be the one to say this is a key to something down the line? Um, I, I agree with the statement. I don't, I mean, it could be foreshadowing right now. Um, I don't know that her saying it really provoked any thing in me like based on the gameplay i've seen from certain players so far i would have been more like oh there's something big coming up from them but i haven't seen a lot from her where i'm like oh that's probably foreshadowing it more than likely is but i have i feel like i haven't seen enough of her game to be like that makes sense i do agree with the statement though because it like jeff said lulu is now individuals on all these new tribes and like we knew caleb was a social king so that probably isn't a shocker that he would be okay but other players who are not, it is sort of sink or swim for them, and it does determine the fate for them. Give me the name of one person for each. Who got the best shakeup and who got fucked? Jeez. Uh, um, well, <laughs> Sean got fucked, but I really thought Emily did looking at the breakdown of things in previous episodes. Um, I think I wanted to say D got the best just because I'm trying to remember who was on her tribe beforehand. Um, she, she ended up with the two ladies there. of her tribe in Sifu. Yeah, I think she got it the best because she was pretty well connected with all the girls there anyway. Do you wish that maybe it was two tribe swap into, instead of a three? Um, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Like To me, I think it works out fine either way. I wonder if production was like, we just need to break up the Lulu losers, as you called them, because something's got to give there. Like, it was, uh, yeah, it was like, that's never ending. Uh, what's a movie? Never ending story where you're just like watching the horse sink. It's tragic. Mm-hmm. Every oh, time. What a memory. Uh, Gen <laughs> Z, if you don't know that movie, go watch it. It's good. It's, it'll define your life. Let's start off with the new Lulu coming back to Lulu Beach, and this will be a very wild start as the emotions are emotioning. Bruce is sitting on the ground and starts to cry as the others give a group hug. We learn that this beach is 
former Tika. PTSD is real, friends. Bruce tells us that he didn't expect to have so much feeling when he arrived on the beach. He tells us that not only is this beach where he was there for a short period of time, but he could see the spot where he was taken away. It took him back to the scenario and he needed to get the emotions out. He says if he if it didn't, he wouldn't have bottled them up and it would have not been good for anyone. It's time for him to build new memories. Do traumatic place uh, experiences trigger emotions for you if you go to a certain place? I mean, let's be honest. For me, we all know it does. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's some like something to be said. I, at the root of it, isn't that it? Like nostalgia, but obviously it's like an uh, emotional reaction to sort of the nostalgia tied to the space. So yeah, I think so. Um, some obviously more than others, and it's not always negative depending on the spot, but it makes sense that he was emotional. I just think coupled together with how he's been perceived on the tribe by some, it it almost like um, made it like, is this part of the game for you? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure part of it is, yeah, you're genuinely emotional, but are you also playing it up for sympathy? Right. Well, Caleb says, looking at the tribe, it looks bad for him, but this is where he has been back on the bottom looking up. He will be hospitable to his new friends in his old home as he his job is to be the most trustworthy and likable person to bring into an alliance. So let's start. Bruce will ask him about how when Brandon came back from the journey, did he have anything? Caleb says that he didn't have anything and Bruce clarifies that he tried to do the puzzle. Caleb wants to know what Bruce's experience was like, but Katora will be like, wait, before Bruce says anything, can you tell us everything Brandon told you? Okay, I'm going to say it. Tact, bad, concept, brilliant. Okay. So we're going to find out if Bruce's story was correct. Caleb will say that there were split up and they got to choose to do a puzzle. And if you lost, you lost your vote. Now, Bruce reveals he didn't even attempt it as he tells us that the initial bonding experience with Caleb was cool, but senses that Katora was on edge. He claims that she hand signaled him to not talk so he she could hear from Caleb. See? Bad tact. He knows that she thinks he was lying to them and says for him, that was the final straw of Katora, and she has to put her foot in her ass and boot herself out of the door. Oh boy. How would you have handled this situation? I think my, and obviously it would be very different if I was like on the island. My my head going into it is, oh, just play it cool, like don't show your cards and then have a conversation with her on the side and see if I can work in an angle to make her feel like I'm working with her or garner some trust there. Cause in front of everybody, then you welcome everyone else's inputs or bias on it. Um, so that would be my initial thought. But if I'm there and I'm tired and emotional, I may react totally different. Right. Now it's bro down time as Caleb and Jake do that bro handshake thing as they are paired up after meeting up during the sweat and savvy challenge. Jake says that Caleb brought up at that time that they, sh- if they met up at the merge, they would get something going. No time like the present. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Jake is to be careful with the information he gives Caleb. He would like to help him, but doesn't want him to bite his hand. And already the first question we hear Caleb ask is how he's feeling with the four he's with. Jake says he feels good about Bruce because he doesn't think he'll come for him. And Jake won't say a name yet but he won't tell him not to touch Bruce. He will though float that if Caleb comes back to him and said, maybe Kelly and Katora, he just wants them to be good. Now I got to say the way that he proposed this offering to Caleb to bind was with them to work with the girls. Or was he saying if he wants to vote out one of the girls, he's good with that. I mean, do you think being ambiguous is smart or potentially dangerous as words can bite you in the ass later? 
Um, I think sometimes you have to be ambiguous. Like it depends on what point you're at in the game. I, I don't necessarily think it was bad for him to be ambiguous because he opened the door for uh, sort of like some opportunity to see where this opportunity, um, the opportunity, mm -hmm. he opened the door to see what other opportunities were out there without it okay. being like, I'm putting this name out or I want to do this. Now, Caleb knows that Jake is not completely trusting him, but we'll say that Jake has put anyone on the table, which is music to Caleb's ears. So obviously we know how Caleb took it is the pick your target. We'll go with it. Yeah, that's kind of the way that it could be taken. Yeah, I think that's how it was. the other option would have been pick your target who you want to bring into an alliance. Mm -hmm. They promise to look out for each other as Jake wants Caleb at the merch. He feels bad for Caleb as he's the single of five. And Jake is like, yeah, you do need my help out here. And bro, Chacho time is here, and the ego of Jake has been inflated. Mm. Who doesn't love Jake is not, so. Yeah, Jake is not going to be in, not going in there, Bella Strong is open to opportunities as this is a new era of Survivor, and he has to be able to jump ship. And he says, thank God he's a good swimmer. Me too, bruh. Um, but then it was the maniacal laugh that killed me. Like, I wanted to slap the smile off his dumb Boston face. Well, I was just going to say when you, you did it, you didn't do it with the like knockoff Boston Rob accent. I'm not going to do it. I lived in Boston for four years. I'm very okay not having to do a <laughs> pack a can have it yet if I don't have to do there it. You in the depths of, of the jungle, Bruce is going to Bruce as he narrates the capture of palm fronds as they walk back to camp. Ellie is extremely grateful that she is there playing the middle now looking at the new tribe dynamic. If she got swapped with all the girls, she would have been okay. If she got swapped with all the boys, she would be okay. But she feels like she has to keep her eye on Bruce. She has to work with what she has, and what she has right now is Jake and Bruce, which is very interesting. We will see Kelly walk off with Bruce, who tells her that he is going to grab Caleb and bring him to their side. And Kelly's like, sure, as long as you keep me above Caleb. Very interesting positioning from her. Um, Why do you think that's quote-unquote interesting because until he says it she doesn't know where he she really stands with him oh got it so you thought it was interesting that she would let him know that she doesn't know where she stands with him right yeah well bruce will tell her that she is his number one and she doesn't fully believe it but says it's good to hear it caleb will go on a walk and talk where he tells them it's scary to be on the bottom when the numbers are 4-1 but he is hoping there is something going on that he doesn't know or see yet but now it's Katora time. She says on Survivor, she has to see every single angle. And when she sees Caleb going away with Kelly and Bruce, it tells her where they are in terms of connection. She is now going to get Caleb alone so she can make him see Bruce as a bigger threat than he is. Caleb will tell her that he feels the group is so kumbaya, but Katora is like, yeah, that's a lie. He knows that there must be cracks as she tells him that they do generally like each other, but the next out would be Bruce. And she tells us once again that Bruce is annoying and she made an alliance with him on day one. But when he thought she was cool, he was cool. But then he opened his mouth and he just got under him. If you were out there and someone got under your skin, is that signs to just be like, cut, 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 you're gone? If I'm not working with them and they get under my skin, it just seems like a double negative. Like, might as well go at that point. I'm not working with you, so it's not benefiting my game, and I find you annoying. So it's, a, it's two strikes against you. Would you agree? Well, speaking of getting under, 
her skin. We will watch Bruce tell his friends that they can all go back and be like, I was on TV. I was a big thing. And yeah, um, his mocking tone, very annoying. But what is not annoying is Katora mocking Bruce by saying, oh, Bruce, she cracked your head. And yeah, your head's fixed. You only played Survivor for 12 hours. It's not a big deal. He makes all these random little faces and gestures. And every time he talks, he calls them kids and talks about the Navy SEALs. Um, he thinks she's a bit annoyed by him. Uh, I love that little montage the producers gave us of her sitting on a rock talking about how much she hates Bruce. Yeah, I love that shady little edit. It was giving me something that I would see on Bravo. Very much that. Now, she knows that she has to be realistic as she was just on the tribe with people who didn't see what she saw about Bruce. So she's going to tell Caleb things about safety. Unless he sees a bigger threat, Bruce might be the best way to go. So Caleb found the conversation with Couture to be fast and very insightful. She is looking for somebody with common goal to get to the merge and will make a move at some point. And she feels if they don't make a move against Bruce, Bruce will make a move against them. Now, Caleb, his thirst is quenched. Knowing Bruce and Couture are at odds, tell him where the division of the tribe might lie. And he is seeing how the forest is shaping and now has to build the trail he is going to walk down. I gotta say, he really is eloquent and his metaphors are spoken so well that they're not annoying like some previous players on Survivor. Like, he can get away with saying the metaphors. Yeah, I mean, not everybody can. So the fact that you say that is telling. Um, I myself love a good metaphor. That doesn't mean I get away with them. I just, in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna say this because it makes sense to me. So there well, you is... You know, at this point, I guarantee you part of the audition process is give Jeff 10 metaphors. I'm sure it, you really need to be uh, appealing to Jeff. I don't even know mm -hmm. what the other producers are looking for. Just like what you think Jeff wants, what you think he likes. That's really the ticket. Time to visit our new Bellow tribe. And Emily is in awe at her new tribe and camp. All the new kids to Bellow Beach think the camp is better than theirs, which is kind of um, crazy. But also, like, I feel like production wanted to give Bruce the luxury resort edition um, because, well, now he's in Trauma Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, it is a 2-2-1 two, two, split. It is the most mixed tribe of the three. Austin tells us that Emily was someone they were really curious about meeting, likely because they wanted to know how the fuck she survived three tribals in a row. Kendra will tell her new besties that they found a really good fishing spot the other day where they can get some really good fish, and Emily is mouth agape because she knows that food will be in her belly. Uh, she must be very excited. I would be too, I mean... I, think I mean, I would be too, even though I don't eat fish. Starving. Yeah. Ellie says that she's been alone in the game since the beginning, and the feeling of being on the outs is not a new feeling for her, so her strategy play a low-key game and get to know the real Emily. Kind, generous, honest, open person. Get to know her before they get to know her strategy. Sound like a plan. She's she's had quite the story arc in these four she episodes. Sure now Kendra is going to make fire and Emily is like, oh my God, this is real Survivor. She's seeing real fire on a beach. Survivor bucket list. Uh, what are the top two things on your Survivor bucket list? I think it's funny you mentioned the fire because it is like she hasn't had Flint. She hasn't seen okay. a fire except for obviously Tribal. So um, I, yeah, I would say um, hmm? Sorry. Um, I would say that for me, it would be whatever sort of uh, voting booth they have at Tribal Council, because um, I always feel like it's set up really well. And like that would be the one of the most surreal moments is like seeing the pen, the paper mm -hmm. and like how that's set up. And then also 
that initial like landing on the beach would be yeah so yeah um, well fire represents life and this fire is breathing new life into her game and thinks this could be her turning a new chapter in the game of emily which is not like the game of life no it is not not at all <laughs> she will be open with them and immediately share that she was on the outs of her tribe and that it was sabaya's tribe she is using Caleb's techniques of getting to know people before taking action. And the first thing she does is reveal the tribe dynamic. And I'm like, perhaps that should have been bullet point number five or six of this is Emily. Maybe talk about yourself and then talk about the tribe. Yeah, you need a little intermission. She wants to them to have a new clean slate. We'll see if it works. Now, she will continue to tell them that as they were going through the mess that was everybody scrambling, trying to figure out where the votes were going, she reveals that Sabaya had a wax figure that was the idol. She will share how she had to get the idol, and Kendra's mouth is pure shock, while Drew is like, interesting, not our idol hunt story, but interesting nonetheless. If you were Drew and Austin here, are you now clued in to know that, okay, they had something different than we had? What does the blue team have? Yeah, you would have to think about that because at some point, if you make it to merge, merge, you want to know like what what person is likely to have gotten an idol based on the situation I had to go through to get it. Um, now we know at this point, unless we haven't seen it, no one on Bello has an idol. No one found it. Yeah, but I feel like uh, I don't know. It was last season or two seasons ago. They've been doing this thing where they like try to keep the viewers out mm -hmm, of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So in the back of my mind, it, it's possible that somebody has already gotten it, but they want to save it for like a tribal. Is it shot. fair to say though that it could be out there? And if you are new to that beach, you might as well go look. Yeah, why not? Like, unless you're really content or worried looking is going to cause you more damage, why would you not? Emily is worried that telling this could paint her as an easy target, but she wants the tribe to perceive her as genuine, honest, and truthful with no secrets. Drew's impression of Emily is different than he thought, as Emily has been built up as this, quote, mean, cruel, brow-beating lady, but she's pretty normal. Ouch. What a character um, slam. Yeah, I, well, didn't... Who said the, the brow-beating lady, though? Didn't she... Drew somewhere... said that. Oh. I yeah. mean, look at Drew, though. I know, I know. He, he's not pretty normal either. Drew says the new Bella tribe is unique as they are comprised of all three tribes. The OG Bella and OG Reba will fight tooth and nail to get Emily as she is the swing vote. Who's going to help Emily? Well, it's vital to get Emily on their side in the first two days. It's now day nine. As Brando carves in the day on the tree, Drew will say he thought he would be the first boot while Emily's like, I almost was. This is three times longer than I thought I'd get. Emily is in a sticky situation and she can be a flip vote or be the consensus vote as Lulu was keen to get rid of her already. Now, Kendra will say it's so crazy to have new people at camp while Emily tells her she feels her safety net is gone. And even though it is gone, they were trying to vote her out. She thinks that there are people more her speed. So she thinks she can make connections and alliances in a way that she didn't have an opportunity to do before. What do you think a friend of Emily is like in the real world? I, I, ironically, I feel like she's more the first version we saw of her. Like, I get very control freak, mm -hmm. um, type A personality vibes. And, uh, I think that she thought she was going to play the game that way. And that was rubbing people the wrong way early on. And so now she's 
adapting. Drew and Austin will go on a walk, and I have to say, Drew trying to bro out with Austin is so much that nerd who is being used by the school jock to do their homework while pretending to be the buds. Um, like I just do not believe them as a pair. You know? No. I mean, I do on the game of Survivor, but like it's just so awkward to watch. Oh yeah, that's that part I get. I mean, it's kind of the signature dynamic brains brawn. You're kind of like, well, you complete me. <laughs> what would you be, brain brought or beauty? Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think I would be Billy would laugh. I was going to be like, oh, I think I would be brain. He'd be like, absolutely not. So I guess I, he'd probably put me as beauty because. Yeah, you're probably on the beauty tribe. It's okay. Anyway, they're going to talk strategy now that they're alone as they have to figure out a place to bury their stuff. Okay. Why do you got to bury it? Um, Where did you bury it before, Austin? You know what you're packing. Anyway. Austin says that between him and Drew, behind their tight, close bond, they are stacked as they have the goodwill advantage, an idol, and a safety without power. And says if they are, use that all, they can take over and run the world. Okay. Can I ask you a question about Austin? Usually, like in previous seasons, I've done the podcast with you. You always have sort of like your your island trait of the season. Is he yours this season? By default, but he's not like in the top like fifty in Survivor history. That's fair. He's okay. He's so not even top 50. Well, I mean, he probably is. Like, I mean, I yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, maybe we should do a ranking podcast. The hotties of Survivor. Oh, God, that would turn out so bad. <laughs> Austin wants to have more talks with Emily so they can save their stuff. And he sees her as an opportunity as she is absolutely cannot be the first voted out of this tribe when they will then turn into a 2 2. Austin and Drew versus Kendra Brando. It's critical to win Emily over. Would you prefer to be in the middle spot like Emily, or do you fear that being the odd one out is more dangerous? Well, I think there's a difference between being the odd person out and the middle spot. Mm-hmm. Um, like odd person out, I feel like I am like at the bottom and very clearly like going to get votes. It seems like she was sort of in a swing position. Sure. Uh, and like that, I would be as comfortable as you can imagine. Like I'd be much more comfortable with that than being at the bottom, but um, you know, neither one is ideal. At the well, the boys will chat with Emily and tell her that she was the person they all wanted to bring to the mix. She will tell them that when it comes to scrambling, since she's done it 55 million times, that it's good to have a plan before everything happens. She tells them that if they are with her, she is with them. Austin tells her that they have been playing a loyal game and Drew is like, we are straight shooters. Yeah. Emily is so happy that she's going to give Drew a hug as she knows she's not in the bottom for the moment. She will say that this alliance is music to a girl's ears and feels like a commodity. Now we will briefly hear Drew say to her that she can call the shots, and that for me is a step too far. I could never allow a noob to my alliance hear that because if you don't let her call the shots, she's jumping ship. Like, no empty promises on Survivor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, because there's there's no benefit for her to not jump ship at that point. Exactly. Emily, though, is excited to be part of this conversation and not be told what to do. She has a new sense of autonomy in the game of Survivor that she hasn't felt before. She likes these new vibes. Drew knows that Emily is a very rational person as she picks stocks for a living and analyzes and thinks the rational decision is to work with Austin and him, so he's hoping to win the power struggle against Old Bellow and take charge with the core four and the addition of Emily. Now, obviously, we did not hear any discussion between Emily and Kendra and Brando at all. I don't even think we saw Brando and Emily 
speak words to one another. Does this tell you we have a decision made on Emily's part or is this just step one and we'll get step two next week? I think that now that the episodes are longer, I kind of put a little bit more stock into the time. So when I don't see it, I figure, okay, well, on one hand, you could argue these are longer episodes. So if you're not seeing it, there's a reason you're not seeing it. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, maybe they're really trying to build on things because they have more time to do that now. So I didn't take it too heavily that we didn't see that. All right, welcome home. It's Reba McIntyre's house. <laughs> Sean is so happy to be with his group as he has stories. He is on a tribe with four original Reba members as he is the only outsider coming in as he is worried that if they stay Reba strong and they lose immunity challenge, he will be the next one out. He will say that Survivor is much more complicated than that he thinks he can create connections and feel out where Reba really is and find those cracks. He will tell them the best thing that could happen for him was a swap. He manifested it. So we're going to hear from Jay, who has been mostly silent this season. She will say that sometimes you read people's energies and she likes Sean. She's ecstatic as he brings amazing positive energy. Things no one will say about me. <laughs> At least you know. <laughs> Unaware. She thinks Sean is a fresh potential and he may prove that he is really loyal ally and a great contender to add to their merge numbers. Jay and Sean are going to be off on a walk as Sifu, Mama J, and D are determined to stay Reba strong 1,000%, not even 100%, 1,000%. Julie ponders whether Sean is an idol or not, and Sifu is like, if we have to go through his bag... Okay, I gotta say, I hate it. Like, personal property is personal property. I don't want anyone looking through my actual dirty clothes. What's your no, I agree. I always feel weird. Like, there's, like, an ethical line that is, like, you know, treaded lightly on and that kind of situation because it's also like you want to know but yeah i would personally not like my shit i mean do you think all fair and love and survivor is the back search gone a step too far like what season are we going to have the game evolve to see like a full-on cavity search jesus in the sand um yeah i don't know i i think until they say that it's like against the rules i think it's always going to happen and people are always going to want to do it because they want the peace of mind to know for sure well, the bag is sitting right there, and Sifu will have to drop the machete so the three of them can go dig through Sean's bag. D likes Sean and thinks the more they get together, they will click. But right now, Sean might have an advantage. Now, Sean was either very smart or just really loves knots as the string of his bag are tied tight and in a very particular way for them to go through the bag. They would have to recreate the knot. D thinks he's doing it on purpose as he has something. Sean is a game changer, as now this is a new brilliant strategy for players moving forward. Focus on how you tie your bag so if there is a breach, you know. Yeah, that was very smart on his end. And, like, clearly he was playing the game. Now, I don't know how much time they had alone with Sean away, but Julie and Dee will literally practice Sean's knot. Listen, if I ever get cast in, get ready, I'm practicing on you. (laughs) Since they nailed the tie, they will go through Sean's bag and examine every inch of his bag. And it's so neat. I'm like, girls, he's a homosexual. What do you expect? I don't know. Not every gay person is me. Nine out of ten, probably. I'm probably the ten. (laughs) There you go. They will find nothing as they determine that he either has it on him or he really has nothing. But let's go check in with Jay and Sean. Who tells her that he is someone she he feels really good with? 
Why do you think this is? Like, obviously, we're watching the show and know more than he does. But what about Jay? Do you think, oh, yeah, she's the queen of this beach. This is the one I want to align with. I'm trying to remember Jay <laughs> right? off the top of my head. <laughs> so that, that's kind of your answer, I guess. Sean has a good connection with Jay and wanted to get together. So Jay will give Sean some intel about Sifu, who maintains he does not have an idol, which we know is the truth. She says he has been hunting like crazy and she will float the idea that if they lose, they will blindside Sifu as they don't want to go into a merge situation with someone they can't trust. Now, I don't know if this was her wild plan or this had been discussed, but damn, this girl has no idea how far of the outs she actually is. Yeah, it's giving drag delusion. Now, this is music to Sean's ears. And we'll try to capitalize on this potential crack so he will have to talk to Dee and Julie to see where their heads are at. And this is not just good for Jay at all, because come on, she's going to get exposed. Mm -hmm. But I want to just point something out. The amount of times in this episode, the OG Lulu 3 will say the phrase, quote, music to my ears. Either it's an overused reality TV show trope phrase now, or the producers are just playing with us and them. I mean, they based on the, said it. Yeah, based on the edit, like the montage that we saw, it wouldn't be far out to think, okay, maybe this is the editors having a little bit of fun. At the end of the day, it's music to my ears. Let's stop saying <laughs> both of them, please. Now, before he will get a chance to do so, Jay will actually be the one to tell Dee and Mama Jay that she told Sean they were babysitting Sifu, and Julia's like, we need strength. They want to vote Sean off first, and Jay's like, well, fuck. She tries to say that Sean is great and Sifu is a threat and he will take out one of them as they are the majority in the Women's Alliance and knows he is at the bottom and will play an idol and put one of their names out. Now, I want to analyze this and, 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 and talk about how bad Jay is playing. First, in a group of five, the majority is three and with three women are in charge, right? For Sifu to get the majority, he would either need to bring in Julie or D or play an idol. But we know that Julie and D already know where said idol is and Sifu cannot do that. Do you think that they should have alerted Jay to this? Or is this their sign that Jay is maybe not the best person to keep around because she is not part of their OG Reba core four and is just very erratic with plans and sharing information? Um, well, obviously they have a core group. So, and to your point with numbers, like they don't need to tell her. I mean, it's early on in the swap. So, I mean, I can get why you wouldn't lead with information until you get more information on the person i mean for me get? if i were those two i would have been like okay uh just get rid of jay because she's a liability well yeah that i mean and, and usually somebody who's a liability is a liability until you make them not a liability so on one because hand, the, re the reality is if they were to get rid of jay they could say sifu we saved your ass she was gunning for you bring him <laughs> in and then you still have sean to be the next person to go yeah, that makes sense. Now, Julie is worried about Jay trying to make a connection with Sean is why not just say Reba strong, but she wants to blindside Sifu and she doesn't see how she can change Jay's mind. Meanwhile, Sifu is still playing air machete. And I have to warn you, children, don't do that at home. It's very dangerous. Yeah, there's that whole thing. Don't run the scissors. Don't play the knives. It's a machete. Have you ever touched a machete? Um, my brother had one. He's in the Marines for context. He doesn't just carry them around. He um is in the Marines, and 
was home in like Canada's room. Um, I wasn't swinging it around or looking for idols, but it was something that I like held in my hand. I am afraid of it. I would not touch it. I don't want to touch it. I never want to touch it unless I'm on Survivor. And I still would say, can someone else do this? I don't want to do it. What would be your contribution for the tribe? Sitting there looking pretty. Duh. <laughs> so you'd be on beauty too. Uh-huh. Always. Julie knows that Sean brings good energy, which is great for camp life. But how will it transition into challenges is the most important. Well, start in. It's time for a challenge. Now it's time to give back Pelican Pete and his platform. And I'm still asking, why was this the idol this season? Yeah, I don't get that. That the last one was really cool. The shorten the seal, the shorten the seal. I don't care if it was from Party City. At least it was two distinct elements. Yeah, the other one is just a stump. For this challenge, they will swim out to a cage where they will climb up and leap in. They will carry the cage up the beach where one tribe member will have to dig out from under who will be the rebounder as the rest of the tribe will shoot balls into a very tall basket. First two tribes to nail one ball in each of the three baskets will win immunity. Loser goes to tribal and loses their flint. How would you do in this challenge? Uh, I have never been great with sports. Uh, like the shooting part of it. But, but then there's there's the puzzle. It's like I would have to figure out where my strength would be in it. Um, and sitting there I think, looking pretty. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, because I also never learned to dive, so the challenges <gasps> oh, no. involving water always scare me. Because I would cover more ground if I learned how to dive. Meanwhile, but, people look at me. They're like, "Oh my god, it would be terrible." I actually was a swimmer, so I'd be very good in the water. Like, I, that would be my secret weapon. Yeah, that would be awesome because, like you said, if people look at you and don't expect that and then you slay the challenge in the water. I'd be so good. Oh, my God. I would be so good. The challenge is on. And to start, it's an easy, simple race to the cage. It's up and over. And they have to release two poles in order to lift the cage. Jeff didn't tell us that at first. But it's basically a slight sort of kind of puzzle where you have to get the pieces out. But Bella's going to get to their cage and move on first. Lila will follow behind as Reba is struggling how to maneuver said poles. Um, also when they do finally figure it out, they are so lopsided trying to carry it. Um, I know like usually when you carry something big, like you want it to be even with five people and no strength, really. I felt bad for them. Yeah. I mean, no, I I personally, when I watch challenges, even if somebody's losing, I don't want them to lose like that bad. Lulu will get out of the water first as the cage has gotten heavier. Jake will be the sergeant of this group as the other two tribes will just drag and drop through the sand. How would you tackle this portion of the challenge? Like, what is the best way to get that giant ass cage through the sand? Well, I know that the physical aspect comes into play here, and that's something that's brought up later, too. And so if you're stuck with a tribe that's not exactly physical, then I guess you need to sort of be methodical about the movement. Is it one of those things where it's like, all right, pick up, run 10 steps, drop, pick up 10 steps, drop. Or do you say, let's go as far as we can and hope for the best and then drop, sit for a second and then go again. My thought would just drag it. uh, Yeah. I would just be like, until I'm exhausted, just keep dragging. I'm like, let's keep moving. Also, the drippy droppy of the water into the camera capturing the cage was magic. They are so good with camera effects now. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely gotten, well, it was like a well-oiled machine. And they're also filming in the same location consistently, so that helps too. 
Lulu will start to dig out first with the other two finally catching up. Kelly will crawl out for Lulu as she will be the rebounder and Caleb will shoot and score the first basket. As Lulu was shooting, the other tribes are trying to slither out from under the cage and Caleb will get the second basket before Julie and Brando are even out. Caleb will score. Lulu will win immunity and they will get their flint. Austin is now shooting and will score for Bella as Sifu will brick it and brick it. Dee tries to take a shot and she is just, she's short. Literally and also to the basket. Austin will get number two and Reba is still without a basket. Sifu will finally get a ball in. Every second counts. Austin will miss. Sifu will miss. Austin will miss. Sifu will get number two. It's tied. Austin is off the rim as Julie gets the third ball, but it won't matter. Austin nails number three. Bella was immunity. Reba will go to tribal for the first time this season. I mean, I, again, looking at the tribal setup and knowing what this challenge was, I kind of expected it to be this. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Emily is sobbing because she finally knows what it is like to be safe. She will give Austin a hug. And that was really telling to me. That's the first person she went to to celebrate with. There were other people in her vicinity. Do you think that solidifies this potential alliance with Austin and Emily? I mean, I'm sure that's part part of, if not all of why Emily did that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his angle on that would be, but I'm sure she's very calculated from what we've seen so far. So I'm sure that's part of it. Now, this season really is the Emily arc. We'll talk about the question I always end this podcast with later. In a way, it's giving me Marianne vibes. Do you see it as the same, or do you think there's just no chance? I think it's interesting you picked Marianne because I found her to be like awkwardly endearing from the beginning and like she got more confident and that was seemingly or at least my my perception of her arc whereas this is she, i didn't find emily likable in the beginning but they're focusing on her in every single episode and that's why i say like marianne like sh- you knew based on the commercials and based on what you're mm-hmm. seeing on screen marianne was gonna be there at the end and they wanted you to be on mm-hmm. her side emily yes she's more polarizing but she is our focus. Like she right now, if they put out the Survivor DVD of this season, she's front and center. Yeah, that's true. Um, which, to your point, does beg that question of like, what kind of editor are you getting? For everyone except for Sean, this is a new experience. D says there is no excitement going to travel, but it is Survivor. This is what they signed up for. They expect to fail and notes that they don't have as much muscle as the other tribes, but they will still be, they were still pretty close. They put up a good fight. And that's all that matters. Is it? No. No, winning. Winning is all that matters. Yeah, I was going to say, winning is the only way you stay immune. Also, I'm just going to say it. This tribe is short. They are oh, you so mean like their average height? Short. Because I met Sifu. I met um, uh, uh, Sean. I have pictures with both of them. I kind of tower over Sean. So they are short. They are very, 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 very tiny. I'm not so surprised about Sean, but Sifu, I would have expected to be taller. The angles that they show know, sometimes. He's so tiny. It's so funny. Now, Jay says that this loss has given her an opportunity to make big, bold moves. It's now her mission to convince the girls to blindside Sifu. All right. Now, first, we're going to go visit our winners on the day of the day, Lulu. They reverse the Lulu curse, and Caleb's so happy. He is dancing because he has competent people on his tribe. 
he will say that he doesn't have to be on the Warriors. He can be Kawhi Leonard and be put on the Raptors, a halfway decent organization, and he can win games. He finally has some players who know how to win a team challenge. Quick, what was the sports he was referencing, and what is the full name of the Warriors and the Raptors? I have no clue. <gasps> it is in one year, out the other. <laughs> it's basketball, and it's the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I wasn't going to get that. I'm- not All right, anything. well, Caleb wants a fire. <laughs> Show us the flint, Bruce. Now, Bruce, we'll check his pockets. No flint. Where is it? Did he lose it? Does he have a hole in his pocket? Psych! He has a zipper. I would have mauled that man. What? Is it the... With his joke, with the fucking flint. Oh. It's not funny. You do well, not lose flint on Survivor. We've seen it happen. That weren't funny, so... I, I don't think I would get along with Bruce on the island. Like, he seems like a really great guy. I got to meet and chat with him for a little bit. But, oh, yeah. boy, not 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 cool, ma'am. Now, the fire is being started, and there is some Lulu magic as the flames ignite. Not having fire until night nine is, quote, unprecedented, and Caleb is ready to burn away all the bad juju vibes at this camp. It's Survivor Sage, if you will. This is Caleb's favorite day on Survivor. He's so glad he's not Sean. Speaking of, he cannot believe he lost the challenge. I mean, I can, but that's besides the point. He says he was feeling good going to Reba as they had momentum going and thought he could slit himself in. He had every reason to believe they would win. He is now deflated. In the water, Dee will tell Sean he is the bad luck charm and he is the only person to go to tribal every single time this season. What is happening? Is it karma? Is karma real? Do you believe in karma? I do believe in karma. I don't know that at that point. I don't I mean, I don't know about his life pregame so is i don't karma know karma your favorite taylor swift song no no it's not <laughs> we'll learn what your favorite taylor swift song is during um our artist battle in the music league oh that's and friends, true i just want everyone to know that dan has a secret alliance against me and wants me to lose so we'll see how i absolutely shows. do not i just think when you you know you do well it makes people think i'm i'm, I'm going to be putting polls on every time around starts um on my facebook or my instagram to see which artist was, is going to win the round because obviously one artist is going to be the best song do you who do you think is going to win this round from our group is it going to be cardi b or Nicki minaj Nicki minaj for sure i'm a huge bar but i would also say at baseline like let's just state some facts Nicki has a much bigger rolodex to pull from musically she's more successful if you check her stats so even if she were not to win she's still winning in life. in life of course oh. we'll see we'll see i'm getting my i'm listening to the tracks i'm seeing which where i'm where i'm going um friends if you don't have music league it's really fun you should join with your friends if you want to join mine um it's really cool we have fun it is really right? fun and it moves at a good pace like i think that that obviously that depends on the people in the group but to and you know what? it's an opportunity to learn new music uh this time mm-hmm. you may not learn as much new music but um i'm still excited for this this season yeah, this season, if you will. I like that you're going to do it where you, you give people the opportunity to kind of yeah. vote. All right. Sean knows that they have been together since day one, and he feels it's daunting to step into a world that is very much not his own. Sean and Sifu will chat, and Sifu will tell him that he thinks Reba is really strong. Sean will try to point out that the girls seem really close, and he knows it's dangerous. So Sean tells Sifu that he will be a number to whoever wants to bring him along. It's only his move at this point. Sifu thinks Sean is awesome and he likes his energy, but says it's Reba Strong and that's his bad luck there. Sifu knows Sean doesn't want to leave the game and that's horrible, but 
what he's been through, if Sean stays in the game, it means everyone is pointing the target at him. He doesn't have an idol, so Sifu would have to fight his way out, and he will show us the moves he'd use. Um, I know that you are a workout bro now. Do you do any Tai Chi? No, Tai Chi is uh, not one I've ever done. No, not yet. Do you want to do it? Not really. It looks, I mean, it looks like something I would try, but it's not something that I'm super excited about the thought of trying. Um, also, would you let Master I, Sifu teach you? I don't know if I like Sifu. I, like, it's not a personal thing, but just from what I'm getting, I don't know that I would because I don't know if I like him from what I've seen so far. That's fair. All right, the girls are alone, and they know it has to be a group decision. Julie will say that if they vote out Sean, they might have a chance at a challenge, while Jay says that it doesn't matter to her, but if Sifu plays an idol, then one of them is going home. She is not thinking about Reba Strong. She says if she gets to the merge, she might. If you get there, girl. She wants to improve her chances to be successful come the merge, and she doesn't think Sifu coming into the merge with them will be good for her game. Don't they have like a jam band together? Like, where's the bad blood between the two of them? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Jay will say to the girls that Sifu is too erratic, and D will say, yeah. And if they have an alliance, they can at least pull Sean in. And I was like, okay, interesting. Is this just lip service to Jay at this point? Well, she will now say that Sifu is first, then Sean, then merge. Is that really a good plan to acknowledge you're going to lose the next challenge? Um, no, probably not. Because then it, it uh, is like, are you throwing it? Which, like, in right. the challenge, yeah, sometimes you have to. That's good strategy and survivor. I don't know about that. D knows they have to pivot and adapt now that the swap has happened. She wants to take out people that don't trust as they have to play now. Now, Julie knows that the challenge was so physical that if they didn't have Sifu, they would still be in the water in the cage just waving. But the girls, especially Jay, want Sifu out, and she hates that attitude. She thinks the best way to not go home is to not go to tribal, and the best way to not go to tribal is win a challenge. Facts. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, but I also was like, that's fine and practical now, but is that sustainable when you're on your own? Because at some point you're going to be like, well, now he's winning challenges because I'm on my own and I'm not tied to him. So I get both sides. It's true. It's true. Now she will tell the girls that she wants to make sure they are strong and the best way for her to not go home is to keep the numbers. Dee and Julie will chat with Sean and tells him that he will not be in the votes and that he needs to trust that. Dee tells him that they have to blindside Sifu and like, okay, yeah, it's done. Mama J will tell Sean that they will be telling Sifu that Sean is out because he's new. He knows it's a good decoy. They don't want him to play anything. Sean hopes they are being genuine and wants to make him feel hopeful so he doesn't play a shot in the dark. Where he is at, he will have to trust what he is being told. He doesn't have many options otherwise. Now, Julie is going to straight up apologize to Sean as she tells him that they will be talking Reba Strong. It's time to trust. Now, if you heard this from someone who you are meeting for the first time and been like, okay, we're going to probably talk shit about you at Tribal, but don't worry. It's all all for show. Would you be hesitant to believe it? I would be hesitant to believe everything on Survivor. Oh my God, what would it take for you to believe it? What would they need to show you in order for that to happen? Um... I mean, in a perfect world, like somebody, they could just give me their immunity idol uh, to hold on to. What about a shot in the dark? 
we saw it happen over on Lulu. True, that was I worked out well for Emily in that case, but I don't think that that would make me as comfortable as obviously holding on to somebody's immunity idol. That's And right. I also feel like I, I get both sides of this again too, because I would also appreciate like, all right, cool, you're letting me know, so I don't get as in my head about you saying we're strong, we're strong, we're strong. And I'm over here like, well, you're not strong with me. But on the other hand, uh, it would
Outlast, I'll play. Um, okay, Sean thank you. has picked up on the crack Jay discusses. He knows that Reba wants to continue the winning momentum, and he gives his absolute all in the challenge. And he's extremely loyal as he is someone who will align and bring along as he is a number and reminds them that you have to be on the right side of the numbers in the merge. Fine. Um, but also, like, so is Sifu, who's already an established number, but shh. D can feel for Sean, but also feels like they don't know him as it's only been 24 hours compared to the eight days she spent and built relationships with. That's where she struggles. Sifu says he reads energy every day in his life, and he is a master instructor and has been doing Tai Chi since he was six. It's ingrained in his blood. As soon as he met Sean, he felt a positive energy, and it is enticing and takes it for what it is. It's not the burger he wants. You know what he's saying? I, I sure don't. No, I didn't what? get the reference either. Okay. So Sean is like, do you want pizza? I'll be your pizza. And Jay is like, can you be a veggie burger? Why are we talking about food? That's so silly. You're not getting any of those things for a couple days. Maybe a couple weeks. Too shy. I mean, like, it, wishful what thinking. Would you be? What, what food would you be? I mean, you are what you eat. So what are you? <laughs> uh, probably cheesecake. Answer this question. It's a family show. <laughs> probably cheesecake. Of course, it's cheesecake, not tiramisu. Well, one or the one or the other, depending How on the cheesecake tiramisu. Uh, yeah, exactly. Best of both. There is. Now, Sean what says, goes, oh, "What would I be? Um, probably yeah. buffalo chicken. I love buffalo chicken. That's my. Oh, favorite. really? That's my go-to. I love buffalo chicken. Ooh. Buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Buffalo chicken dip. Buffalo chicken tenders. And just give me buffalo chicken, and I'm a happy, happy boy. I like spicy. But like buffalo spicy, not like have you watched hot ones? Like not like those like the bomb ones. Like, Listen, I would not partake in hot ones because I don't want to be embarrassed, but I could handle myself to an extent. But far more than I could. I know that I don't have a big spice tolerance. So yeah, I, I think I, I could play along. I can definitely play. Well, Sean says Sifu's comments make him feel great. Not about being a food, but about his energy. Jeff last Sean if what they're saying is true. He's in trouble. What has he gotten from Survivor? Okay. Not being results-oriented, but maybe Jeff should stop asking this question because bad things happen when he asks what they've gotten out of their experience on Survivor. Correct? So far. <laughs> okay, stop it. Next season, please don't say that phrase. Because the crack is open and something will drastically flip. Let's discuss. Sean will say that in the game of Survivor, he has experienced a ton of failure, but it reminded him what he learned from his first grade teacher. Failure is good. It helps us grow. It teaches us what we need to know. Not getting that attitude anywhere on my fucking body. He has now decided to intentionally embrace this failure and tells Jeff and his tribe that he has so much love for them as he shares the growing up in a very conservative world, being Mormon, was incredibly complex and challenging. He tried everything to live a straight life, faithful Mormon lifestyle. And because of the many years he lost, Survivor was his opportunity to reclaim that lost time. Being there, he has realized that this true adventure of a lifetime, it's actually back home with his husband, Matt. He will cry and get emotional and says that he knows how bad the other four want it and doesn't want to take their dream away because it's not his and he's at peace with it. His dream was at home. He will then say respectfully, Respectfully, he kindly asks to have his name written down on the parchment 
And the way that Jeffrey Elizabeth Marie Probst's eyes darted at the homosexual boy. Sean says he has had time, tons of time to reflect about what it means, what the entire world means to him, and that it's his husband. And this is his say, way of saying, write his name down so they can be Reba Strong. I have thoughts. So Billy and I watched this together, and we both were like, neither one of us would ever expect the other one, no matter how much love we have for each other, to quit an opportunity like this, especially after you've been one of however many to be selected to do it in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, was, I was disappointed, to say the least. Jeff will say that everybody, including himself, is trying to make sense and make sure that he knows what he's saying versus letting the game play out. Jeff will say he's essentially engineering a quip, and Sean's, Sean says that this has been on his mind the entire game. Jeff wants to know what it is about leaving tonight on day nine that is not the same as leaving on day 26, because reminder, bitch, you don't go straight home. You're going to Ponderosa, baby. Uh, do they let them talk to family members no. in Ponderosa? No, oh, okay. not to my knowledge. Yeah, Sean's know. survivor has been an incredible experience he won't forget. It was impactful and informative and will think about it the rest of his life, but the core of him wants to be spending every single moment he can with his husband. Now, you just said you wouldn't do there. You said your husband wouldn't do the same. Absolutely not. Is there something that would actually change that decision? No. If Even if you were at the bare bottom. And if I was at the bare bottom in the game, I would be happy to have played the game and go out and uh, then enjoy Ponderosa but to quit it just especially when you really what bothered me was you took somebody else's opportunity to play mm -hmm. who maybe fully would have played is it possible that Hannah's quit open the floodgates and everyone else is like well if she got away with it I can get away with it too yeah it's very possible I mean now I mean I, I'm not sure Mental health is important, friends. I'm not yes, trying to knock it absolutely. here, especially because we talk about it on Drag Race, because listen, the floodgates have opened up on that one, and we are accepting people who back out because of mental health. But again, mm -hmm. you, as we're talking about it here, you're taking away an experience from somebody else. There's been many people on Drag Race who have left the game because of an assortment of reasons. Mm -hmm. It's just never going to be fully satisfying as a viewer to watch someone leave in this kind of manner. Absolutely. You said it best. Fully satisfying. It's not. Now, what is the group going to do? Well, we're going to see some facial reactions coming from D to Julie and Jay as she's directing her face and mouthing Sifu. It's time to vote. No idols or advantages are played by a vote of 3-1-1. Sean is voted out of the game. He is voted out because votes were read. He got snuffed. Mm -hmm. Jeff, say what you want, but you allow that to happen. You cannot go back on it. But let's analyze this. Jay, Julie, and Sifu is going to vote for Sean. Sean puts a vote on D. D votes for Sifu. Get ready for the Sifu smash because he's not happy. How do you recover from this? What happened if Sifu was, in fact, the one with three votes? Would Sean have still quit? I don't know. I mean... That is, he can think about it as, oh, I, there's a little bit of a martyr angle 
to this. Like I just gave somebody an opportunity that maybe wasn't going to have it to keep going in the game. But on the other hand, if he did quit and somebody else was going to go out, like, I don't know if that cancels it out or both. It, of I don't think it does. I don't think that's fair to the game and the integrity of survivor. If they voted Sifu out, Sifu's out. Then what Sean does is up to him. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't know what, how Jeff would handle that though. I mean, I, I can't recall exactly, but I feel like there have definitely been times where people have wanted to be voted out or, or have discussed they know they're going out and all of a sudden the, the the vote flips and they're saved and someone else leaves. It's happened before. Okay. If Sean didn't have this speech and say he wanted to leave, I think he still it's still everything would have been fine. He's yeah, now publicly come out there and said he regrets a lot of it. He doesn't know what he was saying. Um, he respects Jeff for kind of saying he wasn't owning what he was saying, whatever. Are we ever going to get the true story here? Because I don't know if if this was all honest. Something was off. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, obviously, there's probably a little bit of, like, buyer's remorse now and hindsight is twenty twenty, but I don't I mean, I didn't think he, from what I was seeing, I was like, you're good. Like, I think you're probably going to be okay. And, you know, maybe you'll get a vote, but I didn't think he was going out. So that's why I was really taken off guard, too. Great. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast, and we'll continue this conversation here. Uh, what is Sean's legacy? Um, That he quit. That, that, I mean, that sounds... But that's really what it boils down to for me. It was an absolute 100% quit. Um, I know I just said, like, it went through the process of being voted out, but, like, he asked for it. So, whatever. Mm. Who won the week? Who won the best uh, episode? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I like D, but at Emily, maybe because she also made out really well with the. I'm, I'm going to say Emily because story arc wise, she's continuing yeah. to be the focus here. I could yeah. give an argument to D as well because she did try to make a last minute ditch effort move. Um, I think obviously the fatal flaw was not trying to get Sean one more time to renege mm-hmm. what he said. Um, but let's discuss this. We we saw a couple uh, heated people in the trailer for next week. Who's in danger, girl? Um. D could be. I mean, we've already kind of seen that maybe the girls are not as aligned on the direction for the next vote as they all may have thought they were. Um, but Sifu could also still be in trouble. Like, I don't see much of a social game from him, if I'm being entirely honest. So because we haven't seen anything from him really besides playing with the machete. Yeah, exactly. And the machete doesn't vote, so yeah. Um, for me, I'm I'm nervous for Jay again because I do not think she's playing a smart, well game. Mm. I oh, know yeah. this Sifu vote from D is going to cause some friction, but I don't see Mama Jay and D having an issue with what's just happened. I know she didn't want to do what she, what Julie with uh, what D suggested, but I think on they'll still be on the same page. And I think at this point, Jay is a liability. So if they do lose. I don't think Mama J wants to lose again, so I think she will get rid of the weakest, which would be Jay. Um, over on our Blue Tribe, 
that one's going to be weird because you really have this setup where Emily and um, Austin and Drew are becoming this potential trio. And then you have Kendra who is getting a lot of screen time and everything's been positive. I worry for Brando because I don't know where he stands at all. And he seems like he could be an easy, easy scapegoat. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I also just watching don't have a clue either. And then on yellow. I don't know. I mean, I could see them just continue winning. and But if they do lose, it could be another one of these situations where they said, why risk numbers? Get rid of Caleb. I don't know. I, I guess that argument could always be made. I think Caleb is really strong socially. So I don't, I think him, his connections will probably Well, that's the thing. You have to travel. remember with Caleb, he already made plans with Team Red when he went on the raid. He's now have has plans with Team Blue. They might know he's more um, in tune to be a number for everybody. And if you are OG Team Bellow, you might want to keep your numbers moving into a merge because if you, the 6-6 six, six of Blue and Red, one of, you lose one, you automatically are now in the minority. So it might be better in the long term to get rid of a Caleb. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's always thinking five, six steps ahead. And that's what I'm really interested to see what happens next because it's not clear what's going to happen. And that's Mm -hmm. why, yes, there are some things that would change the new era of Survivor, but the fact that we are playing social and strategy more than physical, Mm -hmm. chef's kiss. I love it. Yeah, I agree with that because I do feel like that there have been seasons where it's not always balanced or at least it doesn't feel like it. After four episodes, the winner of the season is. Um, I know we talked about this earlier too, and we we're saying like Emily could be argued as getting a winner's edit, um, because she is getting a lot of airtime. At one point, I was thinking Caleb because he was strong socially, but now it's almost like threateningly strong mm-hmm. socially. Um. I like Austin, but I don't know if he's maybe zero. So I'm going to go with Emily, um, just based on edits. Emily's definitely a contender. I really hope we're not being really heavy-handed and telling us what's going to happen from the beginning because that just is not fun to watch. Um, I picked Katora early on. I still like her. I don't know what the edit is trying to show us right now with her journey besides. She's strong, but hates Bruce. So I don't know what that really tells us about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, I really do think it could, it's going to be a woman. I just, I wonder if it, D could be a potential. It could be one of the other two blue girls. I don't know. And that's what's exciting is, aside from the Emily of it all, it's a very, very even season. Yeah, I mean, got to give it to the editors because they've done a good job of adding well productions on a good job of adding elements but also keeping some hidden so it does keep you on your toes I mean so far there's no one I would feel terrible about winning there's there's maybe like one or two but I'm okay I'm 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 happy I'm not loving the cast as much as I loved last season but I I'm appreciating the gameplay that's fair I like what you said about there's not anybody so far that you would hate winning because it's not like the season that you know Gabler one where I was like, oh, I watched this whole Meanwhile, thing. he's like, Team Emily, and I, I don't think he realizes why she went on the show because she disliked the man, but whatever. <laughs> the irony. The irony. All right, where can we find you on social media? Venmo, any projects you want to plug? 
Um, you can find me on Instagram at Danslow O'Rourke. It's just my first name is merged with my last name. Um, Venmo, it's I'm pretty sure the same thing. And I said this last time I was on the podcast. I do video production work, so if anyone is ever looking for me to edit or um, help them out with editing or you know conceptualizing something, please let me know. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me as always.